Dig some wells. That's the uh, <laughs> according to many. The digging the wells is uncovering the uh, bringing Hashem down to this world, or uncovering the sources of wisdom of eternal wisdom, and uh, they got they get filled in, and then the next generation has to dig them out, and that's when you learn and you're uncovering the, the undigging, you know, redigging those wells that our forefathers dug. So who says try try again? Oh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Is, there, is that attributed to a person? I never thought about it. I googled it. Um, <laughs> it, it was first of all a debate about who said it, but it was somebody the last two hundred years. It wasn't okay. wasn't like uh, it wasn't like a slam dunk. Uh, it was like an English playwright or something like that, or, or I don't know exactly the, but the Chavetz Chaim coined it, or the uh, he said it his way. It's uh, okay. So um, we we know that a person if he's damaged because uh, somebody puts a pit in the wrong place or digs a hole in the public area and doesn't fill it in before the next guy, uh, then he's liable for damages, and he could cause a person's cow, his horse, to, to die uh, by, by falling in that hole. So the question, though, is, um, we said that the owner typically still holds on to his hide. He owns the whole cow, and he owned a live cow, and now he owns a dead cow, and that person has to pay him back for the loss of life, but he should still own uh, the hide. Uh, but then uh, we said that maybe there's a little bit of a debate about that, because the person is really reimbursing him for the loss of the whole life. But really what we're going to see, the issue is, who has to pick up the carcass? You know, and who has to, that may or may not be fun, you know, to get the, the carcass from the bottom of the pit, and uh, process it, and uh, um, you know you were happy when it was your live animal, but did you transfer it? Did you give it to him? And and even if if it's like he broke it, it's his. Um, he could still give it back to you and say, "I'll pay you. I'll you know I'll pay you everything and the rest of the money. Well, you can take the last twenty bucks from the carcass. You know that he can pay him with anything. So w- the issue seems to be, uh, what happens if the carcass isn't picked up right away? Uh, then it almost becomes a full loss because it, it degrades very quickly. So that's called pachas nevela. So who accepts the loss uh, for that, uh, that, the lack of that carcass not being picked up? Sometimes it could be water in that pit. You know, you know it's, uh, it's nasty, and sometimes there's a fight till you've, it's hit and run, like somebody gores a person's animal, and then you've got to find out who did it, and then you get it. 
by that time, meanwhile, the, the carcass is, uh, the vultures have gotten to it already. So, not only that, it costs them money to get rid of it. So it's not, it's not even that it's not worth anything. It's right, right, that's true. So that's really the question is who, uh, now when you come, the guy finally comes to court and he says, yeah, I guess my cow gored your cow, I'll pay you. Uh, but I shouldn't have to pay the last 25 bucks because you should have uh, brought the carcass in and, and used it for, for um, you should have, you know, you should have brought the wreck into the, uh, gotten the, at least the whatever vast graph value out of it, right? So that issue is called pachas nevela. That's the, the, le- the lessening of value from the carcass. And whether or not uh, that belongs to the one that caused the damage or the owner of the cow Maybe that's an earlier debate. So I don't let's understand how the person that inflicted damage could put the onus on, on the owner of the animal for this. He's acting like it's it's his responsibility. Well, to... well, did it become his? In other words, I, I never owned that animal. The owner owns the animal. The animal breaks a leg, breaks its neck. I still don't own that animal. So you're telling me I should have known that when it broke its neck that you were going to leave it to die and it wasn't salvageable and then I should have picked it up then from you. In other words, it was was never really, like, when is the transfer? Like, you kind of need to go to court and the other guy tells you, by the way, you know, your pit uh, did my animal in. So if he... you're, You're saying he's there and he sees your animal being killed, so of course he should pick it up and, uh, take this, you know, take it on himself. But in a scenario where, you know, the animal gets injured, we don't know the animal's going to make, it's not going to make, the, the, the one who caused the damage doesn't have that possession, really. So he doesn't know that shortly after it fell into the pit, it had to be left by the side of the road. So to tell him that I should have known that you left it by the side of the road and then pick it up and deliver it to you, like, maybe he didn't know, you know, or, or so... Yeah. Look at, it, look at it this way. I mean, when you have it, when you have an automobile accident, even if it's yours, whose responsibility is to call for the the towing company to get the the car out of the out of out of the side of the road? You know, it just sits there. And actually, it's the it's a public works responsibility, not um, it not is. One of the, yeah, I think so. I, somebody's got to got to got to tow it away. I see all the time where there's like pieces of broken cars that are like left there that right. nobody, nobody right. fixes it up. That. Yeah. Wait, the policeman phone, phones for the record? Is that what you're saying? I think. I, I, um, who, who, who actually pays for that? I, I, I don't know. I just know that I see wreckage, you know, by the side of the road for days. Nobody cleans it up until, until some public works... Well, if there was value to it, I imagine somebody would want to save that value if there... If it's just pieces of it, you say, on the road, if it's, if it's the body of a car, somebody's got to pull it away. Right. You know what? I think you're right, because um, Brown and Brown, mm-hmm. for the gazillion of years, have had the contract with the cab County mm-hmm. for the police to phone. That's how they get all the cars they get. I see. Mm-hmm. So, they bid on that. It's a, it's a contract. It's bidded on. Huh. So I think they might be right. So uh, this question, though, of, we didn't even start, but we started. Oh, okay. okay good. Uh, we're on the last line on 10B, and we're talking about the concept of who has to deal with the carcass after the. Um, and the problem is that carcasses lose their value very quickly. And so. If it turns out there is a loss, who takes that loss? Is it the nizik or the mazik? So 
The Gemara says, maybe this is really an earlier debate. Let's see where we think initially this might have been discussed earlier. It says like this. So this verse is talking about uh, a shepherd who, uh, somebody, uh, you hire the shepherd to watch your animal, and then a wolf attacks the flock of the shepherd. And you come to pick up your sheep or your goat, and he says, I got bad news. Uh, the uh, Yours was the one that was attacked. So it says like this, taraf if it will surely be, um, the word trefa means that your animal will be, you know, uh, torn apart. So, yaviu aid. This is the Pusik. It says, you will bring the testimony. I mean, how do we know the shepherd didn't put the money in his pocket and had lamb chops for supper? How do we know that there was this wolf that came along? So, how do we interpret that verse? As we turn to the top of today's page, The simple meaning of that is, let him prove that uh, this guy's sheep or his goat uh, was torn and it was something that he couldn't prevent. You can't fight off a, a fox or whatever. It wasn't uh, something he could prevent. And then he'll be exempt. Rashi, why is he exempt? Uh, even somebody who's paid to watch something, top Rashi on, on today's page, Yud Aleph, is exempt when something happens that he couldn't prevent. Now, if it's because he wasn't watching and he could have scared it off, then he's liable. But something that's called an ones, that he could not, even if he was there, he can't keep away the wolf. But he does have to take an oath. So let him, uh, let him bring that proof to court and he'll be exempt. So when the Torah says, it uses an interesting word, it says, Yavi aid. Let, let him bring his aid to court. So the first explanation is, let him bring some kind of proof that this happened. Uh, testimony that, uh, and then he won't have to pay uh, for this guy's uh, animal. Abishol says no. He says it comes from the word a duda. What's a duda? Rashi says nevela. He's got to bring the carcass to court. Let's see the uh, you know bring it bring the proof. So uh, this is the, the owner, the shepherd, yeah, the one that was supposed to have been watching it. So let him bring the carcass, and uh, otherwise he might even still have it. You know who knows where it is, right? So let he's got to let him bring the the carcass to court. So th- th- these are two opinions about what his requirement is. So what is the Maklokist? Mar Saber Pakas Nevela One says What is this the bringing of the carcass to court to? Uh, he shows that it was torn. I guess he that um he's gotta he's gotta like prove himself innocent kind of a thing. Yeah, prove that he's oh, a lion. Yeah. No, actually that's the kind of the first. The second explanation is Mike Michael's correct the way Rashi brings. The Shuma, the court will evaluate how much it's worth. Um that's the uh let him bring the carcass to court, and then I guess guess if it's like a lamb, you know, the the wool is worth something, oh, or the. Uh, See, I was thinking to prove that he even got torn up, but it's like a no-brainer. The animal got torn up. So yeah, I was know, thinking that also. Well, uh, yeah. we talked, yeah. remember we spoke yesterday about doing the math. You would have the carcass, and there was the difference in the mm-hmm. value. Right. So that's why they're bringing it to the court, so the experts can evaluate it. Right. Right. So what mm-hmm. what seems to be the argument over here, whether the shepherd has to bring it to court. So uh, if you say the, the one who caused the damage has to bring it, so Mar suffered a mazakavi. And the, the first view said, no, that's, the, that's owned by the, uh, the owner. He's going to have to bring that. 
So you see that apparently you could say that's what they were arguing in, is who's responsible for the carcass. So the Mara said, no, everybody could agree, Denisik. Really, it belongs to the original owner. Uh, and here, it has to do with who has to do the schlepping. It's not a question who's who's got to bring it. Vatanya, uh, and this Satanya, by the way, as Rashi always tells us, when it's not a question, Rashi always says, and it's a proof. Who's got to pick it up out of the pit? The owner of the pit, he's the one who has to uh, get the crane. In those days, I, how would they pull an animal out of it? It was a deep pit. You know, how are they going to get He's got to pull it out. So um, basically, there's another issue over there, and that is who has to, who has to pay the tow truck? Uh, does that, uh, who, who, who brings it out? What's the, what's the effort needed for the carcass? If at the pit it was worth a zoos, and if, you, uh, if it's picked up, if it's on the side of the pit, it's worth four. He's saving himself by bringing it out because it'll be, if he leaves it in the, in the pit, like it's, you know, you, you won't get very much money for it, but you bring it out, you'll get four for it. No, where it's not, there's no real increase in value by picking it out of the pit. So Morris says, Is there such a thing? Isn't it always worth more if it's out of the pit? So Morris said, In. A beam uh, in the city is worth a zoos. And a beam outside the city is also a zoos. Um, I, I guess the question really is, is there a buyer for it? Is it better? Is it, can he find somebody to, to take the carcass out there where it fell? Or does he bring it back to town? And we're saying it might be that that's not really the, there's no, there's no drastic difference between a buyer out by on the road where he's, if it happened or a buyer in town. Um, okay, so that's... Uh, uh, that's, that's the beginning of the discussion. We, didn't, we, we s- said that that was a debate, and we thought maybe it was an earlier debate, and then we ran into another debate about whether there's a, who has to, has to pull it out, who has to deal with it, and does it make a difference if, there, if, there's, a, if there's a big value difference in that or not. Okay, moving on. Now we're going to see um, uh, a bunch of dinim uh, that they're not all connected, uh, they're d- different dinim relating to this damage. Um, this idea that the court will evaluate, uh, look at the carcass and see how much it's worth, um, and then uh, he'll have to pay the rest. Um, so the court has these experts who know, have to be up on prices and be able to tell the difference between uh, a valuable carcass and a, and a, and a junk carcass. So who do they do that services for? So Omar Shmuel Shamilogan for Lulogazan, Elinazikin. They don't do this for a, a crook, you know, a guy stole something or a, a robber. Uh, they only do this uh, for damages. Rashi. Omar Shmuel Minigdayanimu. It's the custom of judges. Somebody steals or robs an animal. Oh Caleb. And while it's with him, something happens to it. They aren't going to help this robber out and say, well, I got caught, I got to give it back. Tell me how much the pieces are worth. 
in that case, the robber has to just give him a nice new one. You don't say, like, uh, there's, there's a difference between an accident where the owner keeps the, uh, you know, they help him figure out how much the scrap is worth. You know, that there's no villain really in damages. Nobody did it on purpose. My ox scored his ox, and so the court will estimate the value of the ox for the, uh, the parties involved. But if somebody stole it, and then the damage happened, they're not going to help the guy out and help him figure out what the scrap is worth. That's uh, based it wasn't in the scrap business. Okay, back to the Gemara. So, Omar Shmuel, ain't shaman lo lagan for lo lagazan elizikin. Ain't avani Omar. He says, I, there is a case, where, another case where Basin will get involved, Aflashol, if you borrowed it. If you borrowed it and then something happened, and then you have to give it back. That happens all the time. The, the worst scenario is that you're nice to somebody, you loan him your car, and then the engine blows, right? Now, is it because he didn't pay attention to the... Um, so we had, I had this situation. My daughter um, is a good-hearted, and she loaned some friends her car uh, while she was away for Pesach. And um, they, uh, the check engine light came on because it was short on oil or something, and they ignored it, and the car overheated, and it was a big bill. And had they paid attention to the check engine light, it wouldn't have had to uh, cost that much. And the person said, oh, I thought the light always went on in this car. I don't you know. Some cars have lights on them. You know, that's just the way. So they, uh, the question was what to do. You know, like the... So they went, uh, they went to the, this was in Chicago, they went to the dine. And so really the borrower, since she, they, they, she was doing her a favor. So you borrow something, you take responsibility. You know, you, that's, that's the way. But it turned out the borrower had to borrow a car because their car had broken. They were poor, they couldn't afford it. And the, the judge, the dine, he, he gave her money out of her pocket to pay, to give the poor person because he knew she couldn't afford to pay and uh, it was the whole thing. Like, it was just interesting. Like, the, it was beautiful because you saw how the system was supposed to work, you yeah. know? Like, they, they both wanted to do what was right, but they didn't know what was right, you know? And then, and then the judge saw that she couldn't afford it, and, and he had a fund for that, you know? So it was like... Uh, um, oh. But when you borrow something, you have responsibility. You know, you borrow somebody's cow, and you say, well, the cow had a heart attack. Uh, so maybe you didn't feed it right. Maybe you gave it the wrong food, you know, or something. That's, it's not nice of you to tell the owner, oh, I would have died by you anyway. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult, those situations. Um, so he says the court will get involved at least to help, you know, to estimate for the borrower also. Uh, but Abba Modali, and Abba was, the, uh, I think that was, uh, that Shmuel, Abba was, agrees to me that, that in that case, even though the, uh, the court doesn't always like to get involved, again, the court, uh, the Imagine, like, you know, you're talking about an aged rabbi, you know, it has to, has to be an expert in carcass valuation, you know, like, and they run out to all these cases. But you could be busy day and night with this kind of stuff, you know, you have a, so, uh, but he admits that's also the case. Um, so what does it mean, Iboilahu? So more it's just a question on the wording. Hakukomar. Aflishol shaman. I hold that you do these estimates for the borrower of Abba Modali. Is that one way to read it? Aflishol ain't shaman. I say no, I disagree, and Abba Modali. So, Tashma. So, let's see, uh, was he arguing or not? So, Dahu Gavra, there was that man, Dishol Nagra Mechavra. He borrowed, isn't there a family named uh, Mrs. Narga or something? Yeah, <laughs> Miss Nagi. Na- not Nagi, no, Narga. I think there's one in Tamiva, oh, they have a. Uh, Neg- oh, that's Negla. Negla and I, this is Narga, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, a, he borrowed the Nagra, that's the, it's the hatchet, I think. 
he borrowed the hatchet from their buddy and Tavra, and it broke. So uh, the guy said, I'm sorry, your hatchet broke. I got bad news. Here it is. So also come to Rav. They went in front of Rav. Now give him a good one back. So why does he have to give him a good one back? Why can't he give him the pieces and say, I'll pay you to get it fixed? So Shmamina in Shaman, you see that the, the courts don't do that kind of evaluation, you know, how much is the pieces worth? So the Mura says, Adarab, but can't you see the opposite? Rav said to Rav, and he was quiet. So you see that, that they should get involved and they should estimate how much the pieces are worth. So it comes out that there's really a debate here when somebody damages something. Does it just have to be replaced, or will the court actively give an estimate of the scrap worth? Is that the court's job or not in these cases? Yes. Is Dinahachi a question or a statement? Um, it's a question. Uh, but so the question, though, is does, did he then agree with it by the fact that he didn't respond? In other words, he said to Ravasi, Dinahachi? Is that the din? That's a question. Uh, not, it's not as agreeing that that's the din. Vishasak. The, the real question, though, is the other rabbi was quiet. So what did the quiet mean? That he agreed with the question? You're right. What, what's going on over here? Or did he be quiet because, yeah, that is the din. Is there any consideration for conditions? So maybe it was loose or something when he borrowed it. He could prove it. You know, he borrowed an old, you know, what he borrowed, like I said, if you buy an old car, you see the light go on. Yeah, a lot of old cars have lights, you know, they go on. That's, that's like they're. Um, I don't have a truck that doesn't have a light. Oh, yeah, right, right, that's right. So, like, you know, it's hard to blame it on the bar, you know, so he's going to go and take it to a dealer and get that light fixed. Like, you'd be shocked, you know, like the. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually Chazal wants to encourage people to do things, to lend things, to lend money, etc. If, if you know that there's a chance you can lend something to someone and when times you give it back, you're going to get the broken pieces and then you take the value of the, the, the dollar value in between, so to speak, and you have to fix it yourself. Who's going to want to lend anything to anybody? That's a good point. I mean, it, it's, it's, you're at a disadvantage. I mean, so, I, so you would agree that... that, um, that uh, with he said, go pay him back a brand new one, and you right. keep the parts, you know, and and you keep the uh, the broken pieces and get them fixed, and you'll have a used, you know, something that you can. Um, Did that... we say that with the animal too? That the guy keeps it in a veil, and he has to make him whole. So we find by loaning money that the rabbis got involved to make an environment that lenders would want to loan money. It's really interesting, you know, even, even with the Prusbol and things, that, that they, they knew that in order for, you know, society to function, we've got to be able, a person has to be able to get a loan now and then, you know, to be able to get money to, I mean, in our system, we all have credit, you know, that's loans. It's just, uh, uh, so they, they got, the question, I guess, that Richard is asking is, do we want people to loan animals? Would they have made it so that it's favorable to, to loan things so that people will do it? Um, uh, did they get involved in that way in, in other areas? That Even though it's a mitzvah to loan other things, I don't know. I don't know if it was other things or especially money because that was so basic to so many things. Um, but uh, there seems to be an argument here. But it really goes back to Pachas Nevela. If really the person always owned the hatchet, now he owns a broken hatchet, so I'll give him money to get it fixed, but I don't have to give money to get a brand... The, the pieces are worth something, especially with a hatchet. You can take the top and get a new 
you just get a new handle. Um, so you might say, well, I, it's a pain in the neck now that the owner, I, I hear I was nice, I loaned him my working hatchet. Now I've got to take it, get it measured, get a new handle. But on the other hand, he always owned it. it what transferred it to the one who, is there a rule that you break it, it's yours, you know, so to speak. And then it became his at that point. And so that all comes back to this issue here about the Picasso novella. Is there... Like we've talked also about if a person, I'm not true, this is, I just thought of it, this is a thief, but when a person takes a beam, like they take from your sukkah or whatever, and they puts it in his house, the Gemara says, we don't make you knock down your house. You keep the beam and you have to make the guy whole. Yeah. So why, why, does, why isn't that comparable uh, in a case such as this? You, you keep the item and you make the guy whole. So that was a specific uh, case with a uh, specific ruling. The question is, do we have rulings in all these cases or not? In other words, you're correct. There is a special ruling if the, somebody stole a beam and wants to pay back that they can keep the beam and they don't have to knock down the building they put it in. That's the, yeah. Right. That's he, it, it would be very right. difficult to return that right. because it's right. now part of a, of, a, of a structure. So there's, a, there's an added cost to returning the original item there. I'm not sure whether or not that's important, but that's certainly a distinction between that case and this one. Um, but uh, and also by uh, you know by the idea of lending money, I think Rabbi Stein, I think you're absolutely correct. Um, money lending and the accumulation of capital—I know it's late—and mm. uh, the accumulation of capital into uh, into uh, the hands of banks is what actually pulls civilization out of the dark ages and that is dependent on taking interest in other words the lenders get something extra by lending money so i think Hazal we're sensitive to that because we can't do that with each other mm. right so, is, yeah. not only that it's it, you have a hard time collecting and so then it makes it uh yeah. So, yeah. Right, right. okay omar ula omar lazar shaman lagana vilagazan um uh, he said that you do, they're based in wood, uh, would uh, give them an estimate. Repapi Omar ain't shaman. He said they won't. But for the borrower, we do. Kedarif Kahana. Revasi v'omer ula, omer lazar, kedarif kahana v'revasi. Okay, so that was a teaching of ula. Now we're just going to quote uh, unrelated teachings by the same group of rabbis. Omer Rebelazar. Omar, uh, Omar Ula, Omar of Lazar, Shil Yeshiyatza Miksaso. A woman is giving birth. Sometimes you've got to love the Gemara for changing the subject real quick. Nothing to do with anything, right? So, but it's the same rabbi had different teachings, and this was his time in the academy, and he was, had to go back home to go to work or to, to go back to the family, and he was stopped by for a day or two, and so he had these oral teachings, and if he wouldn't share them with us, they'd be lost forever. So, he would share them, even though they were not necessarily related to the topic at hand. So this, uh, there's a, a, a woman who gives birth, um, has to purify herself after she gives birth. And uh, sometimes uh, they, uh, a woman would deliver a stillborn or not a full child. And the question was, which day was the birth? So in a case where the sack comes out, shilya shiyotza mitzasa, the sack, came partially out on the first day, and then the rest of it came out on the second day. Again, we've talked about today, it's really a miracle that they're able to do C-sections. Uh, some women are just not big enough for it to uh, all to come out nice and easy, and uh, 
And so at least there's an option to get the baby out another way. In those days, the women could labor for days and they'd be bleeding and, and they'd be partially born one day and the next day. It was like a whole very dangerous time. So sometimes the, the placenta was only partially out. So and then later, Baruch Hashem, everything worked out or whatever. But the question was, which day was the day of birth? Would she start counting the days? So Monol Midarishon. So the he said you start counting from day one. So Amalei Rava, my daitcha. What are you thinking when you said that Allah lechumra? You were being machmir um, uh, to start. Maybe the baby was born, and so we'll start counting the uh, the impure days from then. But chumra dasi de kula. Because it actually ends up being uh, uh, more lenient because you start the pure days after the impure days. The Kamatarile Marisha, because you end up purifying her a day early. So, what did you mean that, you, uh, that, you're, that you're sure that the baby was considered born if the whole placenta didn't come out? So, maybe what Rava meant was we have to be suspicious that perhaps the baby came out. But mimne lo mana. He just meant, but you don't actually start the counting. El l'sheni, but until the second day. And my kamash, what was this teaching coming to tell us? The ain mix the shilya below Vlad. It sounded like he's teaching us that when the placenta comes out, that means a, ba- a baby was born. The placenta was, the baby was wrapped in the placenta. Was the, so if you see the placenta, that means there was a baby. Um, didn't we learn that already? Tanina. Shilya uh, if the placenta already came out and then the animal was shechted. So it's interesting, Allah, if you shecht an animal, the baby inside is kosher. But if the baby was like half in, half out, so it wasn't actually in the mother when it was shechted, then uh, it's not kosher, or it needs to be shechted on its own. So uh, they, they even ate the birth sack. Uh, so what happens if the shuya came out partially? Asura bachila. It's, it's, it's forbidden to be eaten because even the part inside the mother, because the, the, it's possible it's considered born. Vlad uh, Isha, because Simon Vlad Isha, because this is a sign that if the placenta is out, the baby had to have come out somewhat also. Simon Vlad Behema, and the same thing by an animal. So basically all these, these ideas that in the placenta has to do with the birth, we've already learned them already, so why would Ula repeat it? So the answer is Imas, Nisan, Habamin, as we turn the page, Nase, Mixer, Shuri, below Vlad. I would have thought it's possible to have part of the, the sack come out without the baby in it. It was just a rabbinic decree. You don't know if the whole sack came out or not. Uh, so uh, that, that's the reason why we had to say it in both cases. Another teaching of Ula, Omar Ula. If we had an hour, I would love to go through those dinim, but okay. Omar Revelazer. A firstborn is, is, uh, passes away within 30 days. Rashi says Shinerag Besoklam Ayom. It almost sounds like he was killed. Um, it means if he died, the baby passes away the first 30 days. So, ain't podenoso. There's no pigeon haben. Uh, I guess the. Um, yeah. Americans use the Lushan Nitrop, which means like torn apart. Like in those days, you know, there were animals roaming and, you know, there were, a baby could have been never torn apart. Yes, I think over here, this baby was a live baby, and something happened that it didn't live 30 days. So the Kohen feels like he's owed this baby. Let's, let's see the Rashi. Ain't podenosa, ain't so, you don't need to. V'imes me'atzmo, 
Um, if the baby died on its own within 30 days, lo itzir lememer, naksibu pidemen kodesh tifte, you only redeem the baby after 30 days. We don't say that if the baby hadn't been killed, it'd be alive, and you'd owe the Kohen below Nefo. It's not the whole idea of waiting 30 days is to make sure that it, it wasn't a, uh, a miscarriage or a baby that wouldn't make it. This was a fully developed baby. It only died because, as Richard says, it got attacked or something. Or, uh, so if that's the case, I would have thought maybe you got to pay the Kohen. Talmud Lomer. Um, so, no, he also taught you don't. Omar Ula. Omar Ula has another teaching. Behemagasa, how do you, uh, usually you acquire something by picking it up. What do you do if it's a big, heavy animal? So that you acquire, you don't have to pick it up. The Meshicha, you can tug it. You tug it and pull it, that's how you acquire it. Didn't we learn that it's enough to hand it over. You, you put on the, you give them the keys to the car or you uh, give them the reins. The answer is, there are different opinions. Who He said, pulling it. Rishimin said, no, pick it up. So there's a debate in the laws of Kinyanim, what's the way to do it? Another teaching of Ula. Omar Ula, Omar of Hachim Shekochu. Brothers divide an estate, uh, meaning they figure it out. Now, in those days, clothing was a, a big value. In other words, let's say the estate had a coat, so the brothers would have to split it. So what happens when uh, they divide the estate and one of the brothers already has a wardrobe? So, whatever they're wearing has to be included in the dividing of the estate, uh, the things that they took. But you don't have to bring the grandkids to court to figure out what the little kiddies got, got from their clothing. Uh, sometimes, you know, even the fact that they got some expensive clothing doesn't have to be included in the divide. That's when you got an older brother that uh, was taken over the dad's business. Now, the fact that he wore the nice clothes, uh, it's to their advantage. It's, it's not that he took it, and they should equally get nice clothes. He had to wear those nice clothes so the people would listen to him. The clothing makes the man. In other words, the older brother put on the business clothes, and so that way the workers would listen to him. But So it comes out that that was a business expense. That wasn't a, uh, him taking his share of the estate. Another teaching. Omar Ula, there's certain nuances in a halacha that you just wouldn't know that kind of just need to be said. That's like one of them, that uh, sometimes that if, if one brother takes clothing, of course, it's not fair if one gets it and the other doesn't. They have that, that's his share of the estate, so the other brother should also be able to buy a coat out of the estate. But if the older brother is using that coat as a business expense, that's different. Omar Ula, what happens if you gave it to one guy to watch and he gives it to another guy to watch? And then something happens. Uh, Putter. You can't blame the first guy. Now, what happens if the first guy was watching it for free and he actually paid somebody to watch it? And so, you got an upgrade in the watching. So, of course, why should he be liable? He, did it. he, he only had limited liability. He gave it to an even better watchman. Right. Even if he gave it to somebody to watch it for free, he asked someone to do him a favor. And you know, you get what you pay for. So, Nami Pater, he's still exempt. Because he gave it to an intelligent person. 
I mean, that he, his requirement was to make sure it was watched. The fact that the, the last person was, uh, did a bad job, that's not his, uh, you can't blame him for that. Rav Omer Shomash Moshe Shomer, he says, no, you have no business doing a handoff. You're in trouble. Volomi boy, and not only Shomer Sochash Moshe Shomer Chinam, not only when you did a handoff, where you gave it to somebody who did a bad job, did Gruy Every now and then I get that, where I have Mashkiach, you know, he couldn't make it, so he had to call somebody to fill in, right? And so I say, wait a second, didn't you, why didn't you make sure this guy was approved, you know? What, what if we're not so happy with the way he's watching the, uh, you know, watching the, what's going on in the back over there, right? So it's a, it's a Shomer, he's, he's a watchman, and he's giving over to another watchman, right? So, I mean, we have people that are approved. We still like them to notify us. So, like, we know who's there and, like, you know. And sometimes we trust one person in one place, but he's not necessarily trained in another, you know. So, that's this issue of Shomer, Shemasu, Shomer. When are you allowed to, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I was able to watch. He was there. I didn't do anything wrong. I was, I, I, I took off that night or whatever, and I gave it to someone else. So, uh, the, so he holds, no, you're responsible, even if it's lessened. Even if you gave it to a better watchman, you could say that the owner trusted me. I don't trust the other guy. When something happens, you need to trust the guy who was watching it that he did his best. And so even if the other guy's a good watchman, but... I don't believe him when he said the fox uh, came and there was nothing he could do. I would have believed you, but I don't necessarily believe him. And so the issue is handing off the watching. Uh, the, you, you can't just give it to someone else because maybe he doesn't trust someone else. You say, oh, the other guy I gave it to is certified. But he doesn't have, you know, if there's a problem, you have to bring him to court. So that's a big, uh, two opinions there. Omar Ula, another teacher, Omar Lazar, Hilchas Agoba Minavadim. He said, uh, if somebody owes money, you can even collect uh, the debt. You can take away his servants to pay the debt. Um, even if the guy died and the orphans, you're going to, I mean, the orphans are running the, the, the servants are running the house. The more said, lo, me now, we mean from him. You can collect things. If he owed you money, you can even take his slaves. Me now, from him. You can take the shirt off his back. I mean, you know, collections are collections. So, that's if the owner borrowed the money and said, uh, uh, he said, why should I give you the money? How am I going to get it back? And he says, here, you can get my, I've got good servants as collateral. So, apotiki means like a collateral. He made the servants collateral. Uh, if somebody made his servants an apotiki, and then he sold it, the owner can still come and get it because this servant is collateral. What about if he made his ox an apotiki, a collateral, and then sold it? Uh, what's the difference? I mean, basically, collateral is collateral. Why should one, if you sold it, you can go to the buyer and say, I'm sorry, this, this servant had a, was, was mine. The answer is, hi, Islay Kol. Uh, people know about it uh, when the servant. The servant, uh, it's, it's not a hidden thing. You could check. Whereas, high less like whole. But with an animal, you really don't know if somebody promised uh, uh, that or not. Um, but we'll continue this discussion tomorrow about the, uh, the seizing of the collateral and by the orphans and when it's allowed or not allowed. 
So we jumped into at least seven different uh, sugyas that have different dinas, each one uh, from Ula, Omer of Lazar. Um, and it sounded like that. Again, if we had a little more sometimes, very hard to know how much details to try to go into and how much, uh, uh, but um, again, I learned by flashlight today, so I did the best I could. So have a great day, everybody. Yeah, it's